everyone. Yeah, as I said, it's it's roadmap time. Mitch in the chat there, of course, calling it out. And as you can see on your screen, your chat, your comments in the chat will appear live on the stream throughout the episode. So make sure to interact with us. And by us, I mean myself and my co-host, Maz. Maz, what's going on, buddy? How you doing on this Tuesday? Yeah, what's up, Chris? How you doing, man? I'm doing fine. Doing great. Happy to be back. You know, Tuesday is always that nice first show of the week, right? After that long lull, um, you know, of shows Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. And of course, last week we only had one show, um, but we're back in full force this week, Maz. So uh, I- I'm super excited to kick off the week today. And, you know, we're going to be talking about that NFT that we have talked about probably every episode since we began and that of course is board ape yacht club uh maz i mean uh you know i don't think board ape needs any introduction right this is a project that a lot of people are familiar with they know and we have seen the valuation just absolutely skyrocket this year absolutely i mean yeah we see them everywhere man and we've seen some collaborations happen around throughout the year um yeah and i'm excited for today's episode i want to pick the brain of our guests today and kind of see what's going on in the ape world. Yeah, and and you said it, Maz, right? We are going to pick the brain today of uh, Bored Ape number 1037 himself, Josh Ong. So joining us on the roadmap today, we want to welcome to the stream, Josh Ong. How are you doing today, Josh? I'm great. Yeah, thanks for having me. Of course. Well, you know, we are the roadmap, all things NFT. We've been doing this show for a couple months. We've had on, you know, the teams behind some projects, but today we wanted to bring you on, you know, hear from a owner of a board ape and hear all about, you know, why you got started in that project, what the community is like, and your overall thoughts on NFTs. You know, I've followed you on Twitter for a while. You're a well-known voice out there in the NFT community. So we're happy to have you on the stream today. Thanks. Yeah, it's good to be here. It's been a crazy Uh, year, as we know. (laughs) definitely a lot to talk about with nfts and as i said guys you see your comments there uh scrolling through on the screen if you have any questions for josh make sure to drop them in the chat we'll try to get some questions as they appear and also at the end of the interview josh i'm gonna kick off here you know before we dive into board ape yacht club just wondering if you can give everyone you know a a brief background of yourself and your uh, early history in the NFT space prior to Board Apes. Sure. Yeah. So uh, I work in marketing communications. was a was a journalist before, and then kind of jumped over to helping build brands and, and think about that. And um, my first NFT was probably a Crypto Kitty, like back in 2018. I remember like there was this whole craze. I had been following crypto for a little bit, and and so I tried to breed some kitties there was like a gas war back then and it, it was just like this whole uh induction into this crazy world and and honestly like the the space i mean crypto kitties was um really fun but also like kind of crippled by its own success and in some ways the space wasn't ready i tried a couple other projects and they were just weren't you know weren't ready to launch and and as we know crypto took a kind of a a long dip um, and I came back to the space this year in um, January. Uh, I'd bought some Top Shop packs during the closed beta, and then, uh, you know, the the conversation around NFTs just changed to me. Like, you know, starting starting around January, where where this sense of digital ownership really, I think, started to take hold for people, and we started to see that with with a lot of um, kind of inbound interest in in Top Shot. So from there. Um, I started racing Zed Run horses, which is, you know, a digital horse racing game on the blockchain. And then um, kind of this fateful day, I, I happened to see these apes coming across my timeline. And I was like, what is this? This is funny. And so I minted one, uh, went to sleep, woke up and the, like, you know, everything had sold out overnight. Things were crazy. So I uh, was super, super excited to be part of that community. And then from there, it's been it's been a, a roller coaster. That, that's awesome. You know, we always love hearing, you know, what the first NFTs were that people got involved in. And Josh, you know, your, your comments follow what a lot of people we've had on have said, you know, we've had some early beginners talking about crypto kitties, but 
NBA Top Shot seems to be a very familiar name for a lot of people, you know, bringing them to the NFT space. That's something Maz and I have talked about a lot. Um, so you were able to mint a board ape. Not a lot of people can say that, you know, the project has grown in popularity and value and brought new faces to the project. But uh, let, let's talk a little bit about Board Ape 1037. So I'm assuming that's the one that you minted. Do you own any other Board Apes or have you owned more than one along the way? Yeah. So for a long time, I only had one ape and it was kind of like, it was my identity. You know, now I dress like my ape when, when I go out. And um, and then in July or so, I came into some ETH from working on a project and you know, realize like, okay, if, you know, it doesn't matter what the floor price of a board ape is, if I never sell, because this is my identity, it's my forever ape, I kind of needed a second one to, to have a little bit of um, upside. So I picked up a second ape, which is a, like a space suit uh, bowler hat, um, which, which I've affectionately named um, a clockwork banana because of his hat. But yeah, so I have two apes, a dog, a few mutants. And that's, that's kind of my, uh, my little ape family. Are you matching shirts right now, by the way? I think I just noticed that, right? Yeah, With yeah. So, yeah. We, you know, Ape started like, you know, trying to find like the specific shirts or hats or everything. And and uh, someone flagged for me on Amazon, you can buy this shirt. And it's the um, it's the Hawaii shirt that Tom Selleck wears in Magnum PI. Nice. And I guess ah. that was the art inspiration for, you know, for the the trait. And so I, I picked up a couple of these and they're, they're my go-to uh dress up uh outfit good that's awesome <laughs> perfect josh that leads into my my next couple questions here you know you mentioned that this board ape is part of your identity you know we've seen this board ape this particular one with the hawaiian shirt you know i've seen featured you know when when people highlight board ape or they show off you know different images so i, I think your ape alone you know is pretty iconic you mentioned it's your forever ape you know it's part of your identity so I'm guessing, you know, that you're never going to sell this ape, but I have to ask, right? We saw a post go viral on someone not willing to sell their CryptoPunk for any amount thrown out there. Um, you know, tell us, Josh, uh, is this the same with your board ape? Is there no amount out there? And is this, you know, your forever ape? Absolutely. Or would you be willing to, to move on to a new uh, outfit of choice here down the road? Yeah, I mean, I'm. I'm pragmatic. So I think I have to say there there is a price for my ape. I doubt it's anything people are willing to pay at, at this uh, at this point. Um, but I certainly uh, have come to be attached to this ape. And it, it's funny because I, you know, a lot of my work is as a publicist. And so I realized the other day that I'm basically my ape's publicist. Like I've, I've been, you know, we're going on shows together. Um, it's like, I'm authorizing it for use on like, I'm in an article or something. And so the SEO on my ape is actually really quite good. And, and maybe one of the better, um, better is like higher results for an ape, if you're just looking. And so then that, that kind of like continues to build the brand. So I've noticed a bunch of TikTokers or Instagrammers, they just grab my ape when they're making like, you know, NFT parody videos. And so, yeah, who knows what the global impressions on this, on this little picture are, but um yeah you know it's i don't have it listed for sale you know it would take something pretty high for me to part with it um but hey if you if anyone wants to set up my family uh for life you know happy happy to take offers i i like that answer you know being being pragmatic right uh because i think so many times we hear people you know just kind of brush aside and say you know absolutely not there's no way possible and you know i i, I like that honest transparent answer from you and josh I'll, I'll echo what you said, you know, as someone who writes about cryptocurrency NFTs, you know, I'm constantly looking on Google and different articles and I do see your ape pop up probably more than other apes. So uh, I think you're spot on that the SEO and the value of this ape is possibly higher than, you know, what people may even see there. Thanks. So, you know, I want to kind of dig into that. You know, you talked about being your apes publicist. Talk to us a little bit about the meetups that you've had with the board apes and the networking that goes on, you know, in real life and online as well. Yeah, so, um, you know, and I think it was in June, you know, apes minted in April, May. 
Um, and, and shortly after, like I met up with a, a few apes, um, some of them were going to this like Nets playoff game. So we just met outside the stadium and had like a really good time, just like grab a couple of beers. And from that initial meetup, it was like, you know, these two folks are like, want to start a business together. These two are talking about like working on some art, like, uh, we're getting ideas for how to like, you know, combine forces. And I realized, you know, like you build community online, you build community in the metaverse or web three and, um, we should also, you know, kind of post pandemic, start thinking about how to kind of bring that into the, the real world. Um, and so uh, I, I actually submitted a, a community grant request to, to BAYC and said, hey, I, you know, give me a little bit of money. I'll, I'll like uh, plan some, uh, you know, I'll use it to like buy some beers for some apes, you know, in LA and New York and, and wherever I end up. And so um, be, I think because of the work that I've been doing online through like hosting Twitter spaces and just being a part of the community, BAYC was like, sure, go ahead and do some meetups. And so did the first one in LA, you know, from that, we ended up like getting some ideas for like, you know, basketball tournaments in real life, um, kind of art shows, a, a bunch of different things. Um, we did another meetup in New York and, and I just love like, it's funny, we'll, we'll, we'll hang out um, in real life and then as we leave, if you watch Twitter, it's like people just start posting their photos and liking each other's things and commenting. It's like the, there's this um, seamlessness between, yeah, we're hanging out in real life. We meet each other. We're friends. Um, but also we hang out like it's even stronger now that we go back online and ultimately, you know, into, you know, Sandbox or Decentraland and, and into the metaverse someday. So, uh, yeah, like community to me is just, you know, one of the the biggest and best things about being in BOIC and so um, wanted to make space for that in real life as we do online. Love that. I think the biggest event that I've seen was NFT New York, the Board Ape like concert and festival there. Uh, talk to us about that, man. How was that being there? You know, it just looks so crazy online. I can only imagine what it felt like in person. Yeah, that was super fun. And, and I had a I had a crazy idea like over the summer and I reached out to BOIC. It was like, you know, a lot of apes are coming in town for NFT NYC why don't we do something? Um, you know, I'd like rent a boat and we just like, you know, hang out and, uh, BOIC like had some money from their mutant sale and they're like, let's do it. So, so they, they kind of, um, kind of bankrolled it and started running with it. So we turned that into ape fest and and they, they definitely took, you know, up the production a lot with, um, the warehouse party and, and, you know, bringing in event planners and things like that. Um, but it was, I think it was this special moment. You know, we realized like at, at the event that apes were basically like six months old and, and it's, Crazy. and had been like, you know, just a, a wild six months. And, um, you know, I remember that. So that first day, um, we were getting ready to, to like give out the yacht tickets. And so there was this line that went, you know, all the way around the block, like four times, right. It came, almost came back around to, um, to the um the gallery where we were at and and i walked down that line and i just like was like saying hi to everyone it was like all these people who knew me who i knew who i'd met in la or met in you know previously in new york or or knew online from whatever show that we hung out on or something and so there was just this like camaraderie like hey these are this is my crew right now and i'm thankful to be you know riding with them and and then we, you know, ended up on the yacht, had a fun party, uh, the warehouse party with um, Strokes and Little Baby and Beck was super fun. Um, and I, I think it made it real for a lot of people. Like we've been doing this. Um, see, yeah, we met, I met Loki in that line. There we go. Um, <laughs> yeah, so so it was just, it's just a fun, you know, it was, it was like this crazy thing online that we just weren't really sure was real. And then we get there and we just see hundreds or even, you know, potentially thousands of us just like, you know, connecting and, and that I think helped drive home. Like, okay, this is a, this is something special. That's awesome. And, you know, it's crazy, you know, people talking about, you know, celebs there and how celebs have kind of, you know, embraced the board apes and, you know, we've seen a lot of them buy more. Have you had any cool interactions with any celebrities either in real life or through the DMS, you know, trying to buy your ape or anything like that? Um, Nothing, nothing too crazy. I mean, I've, I've, I've had some really fun interactions with, um, you know, a handful of celebrities who are getting NFTs and, and, and have wanted to chat. Um, I always love like, you, you know, I'll cheer on anyone who joins the, the yacht club. 
Um, but you know, obviously when, when someone who's a public figure joins, it's, it's kind of extra, extra fun. So we'll like, you know, hop on their Twitter and comment and it's, it's always fun when they follow back. Cause you just kind of feel like, Oh, that now I feel like they're, you know, that there's, there's a two way there as opposed to yeah. what we're used to with, with a lot of celebrities, which is just kind of like you, you know, observe from afar and enjoy their, you know, entertainment. But, uh, you know, I'm, I, I think one of my favorite moments was like, Steph Curry joining BAYC and like when he when he changed his profile pic and hopped in the discord like that was just a really crazy moment where he, he's someone I really look up to and, and enjoy watching him play I'm gonna go um go to the Knicks game Warriors game tonight and hopefully see him set nice. that record with record breaker so I, tonight yeah. <laughs> yeah so it's like uh 10 or 11 of us apes we got tickets we're gonna go um gonna wear our gear go support him so yeah it's yeah. it's it's that makes it, you know, obviously I probably would have been there even if I wasn't an ape or he wasn't an ape, but this just makes it like kind of a little, little fun. Like where else can you find a club that you bought, you, you, you joined for 250 bucks and then Steph Curry joins later for a hundred thousand or whatever it was. Yeah. You know, what's crazy is I see Steph Curry's ape everywhere, like on TikTok and Instagram. So many people use it as their profile picture now. And I recognize it, you know, a mile away. Uh, and it's crazy to see that, you know, I think that's great for apes, uh, you know, when people do that. How do you feel if people, you know, use your ape as their profile picture that you may not even know who they are? Yeah, I see that a lot. I mean, my biggest concern is just making sure that nobody's scamming because um, yeah. I've, I've seen some people um, unfortunately get get approached and, and just people are trying to, whether they're pretending to be an ape holder or whether they're pretending to be me, it's just really unfortunate. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think you know, my goal is to build, build a strong IP with this ape. And in some ways people using it helps me. And in other ways, like I have to find ways to kind of like protect it. And so, um, I'm looking forward to like, you know, NFT verification on Twitter. Cause I think that'll solve it. It's just yes. like, there'll be one verified me. And then if other people are using it, it's like, okay, like, you know, I'm not going after everybody with like 10 followers. Who's like you, you know, you used my, my JPEG. Um, but I will, you know, I'll file a DMCA claim against anyone who's pretending to be me and asking for money. Cause that's just, you know, I don't want anyone to get taken out there. Absolutely. And I feel like we've seen that a lot. You know, I've heard over the last couple of weeks, you know, some apes, you know, losing their apes, you know, frequently, even through hardware wallets, or there's just so many scams out there right now, obviously because they're so popular. So yeah, I love that you mentioned that. That's a great point. Um, you know, kind of shifting gears here, I would love to, or we would love to hear your thoughts on the Adidas and Board Ape Yacht Club, you know, partnership that's kind of uh, brewing up. Give us your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, I was really impressed with how Adidas entered, um, entered the metaverse, as we say. I thought that they, I mean, I know some of the folks inside, they're, they're fellow apes, and so I've been chatting with them for, for months, and you know, I, I think I remember some of them when they were like originally shopping for their apes, like kind of, kind of talking to a few of them. And so so I've known for a while that they had internally some advocates who said, hey, there, there might be something here and there could be an opportunity to work on something. So um, but seeing how they did it, um, I thought was was, you know, a nod to the community. And they, yeah. um, you know, they found a way to do it in a way that 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 kind of didn't just like come in with their own message and kind of squash everything. Um, so I'm excited for the partnership. I bought a Adidas track jacket to support them. And nice. When I go out, I mean, I have like Nikes and Yeezys or Nikes and Adidas and I'll like, you know, maybe, maybe give, give me an edge to, to put on some, uh, some, uh, some of those Adidas shoes every once in a while. But, um, I'm, you know, I think everybody's welcome in the metaverse brands or not. Um, but I also, you know, part of my work is encouraging brands to be thoughtful about, you know, what's different in a web three, what that ethos is, what the community and culture is and how they can listen and match that as opposed to just kind of like jump in and kind of copy some jargon on social and hope that they GM, can, you GM. know, <laughs> yeah. 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 So, you know, I, I, everyone's, you know, everyone's going to come and have their own agenda, but hopefully it's, um, we make it a line and, and make it a win for everybody. Yeah, no, that's a great point that you made. I agree with the way Adidas has kind of come into the, you know, NFT space. They've done it very well. 
Um, you know, we've seen other companies come in as well. And like you said, the jargon and everything is not very transparent. So yeah, you know, shout out to Adidas. What do you think happens next? Do you think they buy a bunch of apes for their brand or, you know, do, what, do, what do you see this becoming after, you know, this apparel launch and, you know, things that they're working on currently? Yeah, I mean, you know, hopefully we see some like physical apparel. I know there's been talk about uh, merch with um, combined with Punk's comic and their ape issue. But yeah. I, I think what's most fascinating to me is um, we have these big moves, obviously, uh, Nike this week buying Artifact yeah. Studios and then also Adidas partnering with BAYC and, um, and G-Money and, and Punk's comic. Um, I want to see what they do in the metaverse, right? And so in these digital worlds, what what kind of um, digital fashion are we going to end up with? And, and how is that going to engage with these storied brands, many of which we wear and love in real life? Um, so, and I, and I hope that it's not just like, oh, we like, you know, took the 3D model of like this shirt and we just put it on your, you know, board Ape avatar. Like, I hope that there's more to it, to it than that because, you know, with digital worlds, like the possibilities are incredible, right? The yeah. limitations of the materials and the physics of it all, like it's just completely different. So I want to see some more creativity. I want to see some more um, just kind of out there designs and and hopefully you know these brands will take some risks yeah exactly yeah so i'm curious to see how that plays man because it all happened so fast like you said six months ago you know we did apes weren't even out <laughs> yeah yeah definitely uh you know yeah we got big news right artifact and adidas uh you know uh, excited just like you to see, you know, what is ahead for these projects and the metaverse. And speaking of the metaverse, a uh, topic that we've heard a lot about is the sandbox um, and Decentraland, right? Two metaverse plays, valuations rising. Um, I believe you were an ambassador for the sandbox, Josh. Uh, can you talk a little bit about the sandbox and growth of the metaverse through this project? Yeah, I I, uh, I teamed up with a sandbox a few months ago, um, after the Board Ape Yacht Club land um, sale and and partnership announcement. So you know, BIYC is building a like a club for uh, for members to kind of hang out in this game, um, which is built on the blockchain. And um, we had a chance to kind of buy land around the club, and so I bought a piece of land near it. Um, and then I noticed that Sandbox was just signing some of my favorite, um, some of my favorite projects. And so I um, was interested in like, in kind of engaging more with the project, looking forward to the game coming out, being able to enter that world. Um, and so my, you know, ambassador is just like, kind of chatting with the Sandbox team, introducing them to the other communities that want to get, get involved and then thinking through, um, you know, cool things that we can do in Sandbox. Um, so uh, I started playing the alpha the other week um, when they when they released it. I had to get a new PC for it, and um, it's been a lot of fun. You know, it's very um, reminiscent of like Minecraft and Roblox because you have that voxel aesthetic. Um, but one of the cool things is like you know you can create things and mint them as NFTs in the world. You can you know own your land and um, build on it or rent it out eventually. Uh, so I think there's a lot of potential. I like that they uh, Sandbox approached it as like a game world, and so you know, you can build little game experiences on each land um, and, and develop those along with, you know, whatever creations and commerce you think about. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I spent time in Decentraland too and, and some other platforms. I think, uh, you know, the whole goal of the metaverse is like to have it be kind of many different um, expressions of it and hopefully interconnected. And, you know, my, I think the way that I see it being interconnected right now is through NFTs. Um, because I can, you know, go to Sandbox and get my board Ape avatar there and hang out there as that my, that's my identity. And then I can go to the central land and they can check my wallet and they'll see my ape and they can give me a 3D, you know, model of my ape in that world and I can play as my ape there. So, um, yeah, that's the goal of something that can go between, you know, different platforms. So the Sandbox and Decentraland, you know, are the two big ones we hear about. You know, do you think there's room for lots of other metaverse players here? Or will the Sandbox and Decentraland, you know, kind of be the the winners long term and kind of considered the OG and blue chips in the space? Yeah, I think we're still super early and there's room for many different platforms. I think in the same way that, 
if if you build digital worlds as as in some ways mirroring you know the physical world like you know we there's not just like one place that we go to hang out or shop at like there's like a bunch of different um formats and venues and businesses and so um you know that's that's my hope is you know i, I guess my view is like it's not really meta if it's not a bunch of different um things that work together otherwise it's just like one digital universe and um you know i, I think we have I think the big question is like who from web two can make the jump into um into the metaverse and web three um so you look at like fortnite and roblox and you know meta facebook and um you know a, a few other platforms that have a really good go of it um, i think the bigger questions are as we think about more immersive digital worlds um you know we'll think about higher fidelity 3d graphics we'll think about um virtual and mixed reality um potentially being an, an, you know another layer and so those are like technological hurdles and, and milestones that um we can look at as we think about what it means to kind of go deep into a digital world yeah i, re I really like that josh you know uh, talking about you know virtual reality and different aspects and you know web 2 becomes web 3 uh, Fortnite, you know, Roblox, those are names that get thrown out there. You know, when we started talking about Metaverse and obviously Facebook changing their name to Meta Platforms and kind of going all in now on the Metaverse. Um, you mentioned Puck's, Punk's Comic a little bit ago, and we were going to get into some other projects that you own outside of Board Ape. I believe that you own some Punk's Comic. Can you talk a little bit about your history uh, with that team, uh, we had uh, G Funk from Pixel Vault on the show before, and we dove into you know some of the the game theory and the history. But what is your experience with Punk's comic like? Yeah, what um, I was fortunate to mint uh, I think nine nine Punk's comic during their kind of slow minting process, and I, I got in early where I should uh, be able to claim you know issue two as well for being in the first five thousand minters. And I think what appealed to me for the project it was a little more than i use usually would have spent at the time um but i what i saw from them was the ambition to create a really um expansive ip that was like connected back to the nft world and characters you know built out on characters that they owned um but to do it in a way that involved the community and early backers and rewarded them for participating. So it almost felt a bit like having, like being like an executive producer of something or being able to kind of invest in something early stage. Um, and and certainly like what I've seen from the team is a consistency to say like, hey, we're gonna keep giving value back to our collectors, to the people that that mint and support us. Um, we're gonna find, you know, game theory ways to reward them. and. And then ha have some fun with the choices. Do you do this or that? And, you know, um, both choices are great choices. You know, one might be better than another for a short time. And then they might, you know, balance it out and give another reward to the other side. And so they're always just finding creative ways to share how they're winning with uh, with their collectors. And, and I think that that to me was special. You know, like I read the comic and it wasn't, you know, it didn't feel like 10 times better than another comic I'd read or bought. But at the same time, I had a chance to to be part of it and to win kind of early on. So we'll see where they go. Super ambitious with the MetaHero universe and the game that they're wanting to build and, and develop and the DAOs and the DAO, and DAOs within DAOs and all that. Um, but happy to be a holder and um, you know curious to see what's next. Were you able to get any of the Punk's comic too, the new issue, of course, featuring the, the Bored Apes? You know, I lost the gas war on that. I was uh, like, on my way out the door and I was like, all right, I'll just like, I'll like submit a transaction. And I even sped it up once and then I like left. And then later I was like, oh no, it failed. Um, but I, I'll have some coming um, once they do the issue one claim. So at least I'll have some, but you, you know, they always kind of hint like you might want to set, you know, like, and so I have to think about, you know, how do I spread my stuff out at, at every juncture deciding like, okay, how do I keep some of some of the originals and then like burn or stake or uh trade whatever i need to to get like some of the other ones so it's uh it's like a like a meta game it's, it's kind of wild 
Josh, you're pretty active, uh, you know, with NFTs and within the community. So uh, one of the things we talk a lot about is, you know, what do you look for in projects? So if you're going, you know, and looking at an NFT, one that you may possibly, you know, mint or buy secondary, what are some of the factors that you consider before making that purchase yourself? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm always interested in the team. Um, you know, you're not always going to get like, kind of full diligence on being able to know who everyone is. But, you know, to me, if a team is docs, it helps. Um, or at least has like a public persona, um, especially nowadays when there's like so many projects springing up and, and some of the promises are so ambitious. Um, and then I do like to look at the art, but, you know, I'm kind of a utility guy. So, so I'm always curious, like, um, I think for a lot of projects, just want to know what, um, you know, how they're doing, what, what they're doing that's like unique or interesting and how they're going to um, kind of add value back into a collection. Um, but yeah, you know, I mean, I'm an advocate for just like collect what you like. And, and, you know, if you have developed a taste, then other people will like it too. And it'll be something that, you know, hopefully holds value as well as being something that you enjoy. Um, but, uh, you know, like it really does come back to the team. Because the team's the one that's going to deliver. The team, the team's the one that's going to like, you know, execute. And um, you have to get to a place of trust. We we talk about Discord a lot too, right? So you know that's a big part of NFTs in the community. So uh, you know, how much time do you spend in, in Discord, and how do you manage all the different Discords that I'm guessing you belong to, Josh? <laughs> um, I'm in 200 Discords. And I'd be in more, except I'm maxed out. And so every time I join a new project, I have to find another one to leave. I'm like, oh, okay, like I, uh, you know, this this one's kind of dormant. I guess I'll leave it. Um, and so you know, maybe the answer is like, how do I manage? Like I don't because it's just like way too overwhelming for me to keep up with every single server I'm in. Um, I found a pretty cool tool called GMGN. I think it's called GMGN.me, and it's basically like a um, uh, like a newsletter that compiles the announcements from the major projects that I'm in. And so every night or morning, like I get an email, it's like, Oh, you know, um, BAYC said the mobile game's coming next week. And, you know, gutter cat said that, you know, they're airdropping this piece of art, you know, and so it'll go down and there's like, you know, 10 or 15 projects. So that to me is much more helpful than trying to like clear out my discord mentions. But, you know, I spend a lot more time on Twitter than I do discord, but, it's been incredible, like how communities are being built in Discord, especially you know Web three ones with token gating and other um, kind of DAO elements and things like that. So uh, you know I'm looking forward to seeing. Hopefully the product can improve to kind of adapt to some of those uses that are that are um, being bolted being added on by communities. And uh, yeah, you know we need places to hang out online. Discord is one of them. Twitter is another. That's awesome. So one thing I want to ask you is, you know, I'm in a bunch of discords myself, but it's, oh, it's really unorganized. You know, I like the GMGN. I'm going to check that out right after this. Any other tips that you have for a lot of us that have, you know, that are in, you know, hundred plus discords, how can we organize it? Yeah. You know, the way that I did it recently is I'm in this group chat with like, you know, we get into projects together. And so now we're dividing up and it's like, okay, you keep an eye on these like three projects and you <laughs> tell me if we're missing anything. So it's, it's not the most scalable solution, but in some ways, I think we have to make a choice, which is like, which are the communities and projects that we can be most present in um, and like hope that that's, you know, we can get the most out of that. And then the other ones just, just hope to kind of like, I don't know, pipe in their announcements somewhere or, or get a newsletter, you know, something like GMGN and, and find a way to uh, filter the information because it's just total information overload um oh, yeah. and and i think like you know my my strategy is not necessarily one that i'd recommend because like i just have a very diverse portfolio i like to be in a bunch of different projects kind of see what's new or support them or um kind of have a you know a, a more um a broader bet and so like the reality is like i'm in a tons of communities that i'm not actually actively putting in a lot of myself to and that's, you know, that's unfortunate, but there, there are limits there, right? Like, you know, we can only really be, um, 
present in a, in a few different places. And, and for me, most of that time is with apes. Um, but I'm, I, you know, I'm glad that new communities exist. I'm excited for new quality avatar projects because the reality is like, if, if this goes mainstream and people want avatars and for their digital identities, we're going to need millions of them or potentially oh. billions of them, you know, and, and, you know, people could have more than one, um, you know, genies talks about it kind of like, like, like being almost like skins or outfits that you, you know, maybe I'm in a mood and I want to wear my ape another time I want to wear my cat or, you know, something else or myself. So, um, I'm, I'm just happy that there's so many communities out there that people can find one that, that is their tribe. Love that. <clears throat> I want to get into, you know, you mentioned portfolio and kind of having a balance. Um, you know, it's interesting to ask people this because I always get different answers for this. Do you look at the price of Ethereum or, uh, you know, is that something that you focus on? And are you also invested in other cryptocurrencies besides like Ether, you know, NFTs? Um, yeah, you know, the, ether, the price of Ethereum matters to me. Um, but but I like I try and have a longer horizon. You know, so it's like, you know, if ETH was like 4,200 one day and it goes down to 3,800, like, I don't know, I'm not day trading. So it's it's not like a huge issue to me. Like I, I'm a believer in the ecosystem and the technology and some of these communities. And so I'm here, you know, for years instead of um, hours. And so, um, yeah, but, you know, I keep track of my portfolio. It's, it's, it's of interest to me. And um, as far as other coins, like I have a few altcoins and then I'm interested in DeFi. So I do some staking at times or, um, you know, there's all sorts of tokens that are tied to games or, um, you know, like something like ENS that, that I got the airdrop for. So I'm kind of glad to have a, a, you know, fungible and non-fungible exposure. Um, But this year, definitely like I've tilted a lot of my portfolio toward um, NFTs. And I probably have to at some point like balance that out a little better because, um, you know, some of those NFTs just took off so much that like it's it's way overweight toward uh, toward NFTs right now. Yeah, no, completely agree with you. And, you know, that's another question that's uh, that I was going to ask you is, you know, what do you consider uh, as a quote unquote blue chip in the NFTs right now, you know? Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, CryptoPunks are the OGs. And I think Board Apes, like the the team's really active. We do have the BAYC token coming later, and and uh, you know they announced a blockchain game coming, um, built by Animoca. And so um, there's going to be some fun stuff, you know, coming down the pipeline from BAYC that they've announced. And then uh, what else? You know, I think um, I look to like Punks comic, Clone X by Artifact. Hopefully, could be a new blue chip. I mean, it's a little early, but now with nike's backing that could be something that's that's pretty iconic um i'm a big fan of cool cats i think they've got their um their pets game coming as well as the milk token so i think there's there's plenty of value in there um i'm sure i'm forgetting a couple but but yeah you know i think like you know the the hope with a blue chip is just like someone who's going to deliver long term and something that has um a real sense of of value that that isn't susceptible to kind of oh that just you know the market swings on like we're gonna pump this and then you know oh we don't want this anymore and then that rotation yeah 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 and and so yeah hopefully find something that can can be a little more stable yeah nice i love that um you know so my question for you is you mentioned you're a big utility guy we've seen some more utility in some projects you know some of them have definitely been you know they promised a lot, very ambitious. You know, where do you see NFTs going from this point on? You know, as far as, you know, we have tokens coming for a lot of big projects, you know, are we past that just PFP phase or, you know, where do you see NFTs going from this point on? Yeah, I mean, I think some of the trends I'm seeing for NFTs are like just the the power of Web3 community. So it's interesting to see, um, like Adam Bomb Squad, the hundreds, the streetwear brand, you know, create their own project. And now um, if you hold an ABS, you can sometimes get early access to some of their physical drops, like their Harry Potter hundreds collab the other week. Um, they're recognizing like, hey, if we use this token, 
to kind of like gather this like tight knit community, you know, it's a very clear way for fans who want to be participate in the ecosystem to decide like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to buy this and be part of the community and enjoy some of the perks. Um, and so I, I think that's, that's one great utility is like um, using that to uh, as almost like customer lawyer loyalty or kind of like a super fan and then finding ways to reward them. Um, I think there's a ton of untapped like tech uh, benefits that could be used with NFTs, especially when it comes to things like um, staking or DAOs for governance um, or like smart contract things or like royalties. I think we have a lot more um, sectors like music and film and, and other areas that could benefit from thinking about what a, um, you know, a, a digital asset that that has a sense of decentralization and permanence to it, um, what that can mean for for a bunch of different sectors. So, you know, the, the sky's the limit there. Um, I think it's like superpower community or supercharged community um, moving into the metaverse with the interoperability that comes with NFTs. And then thinking about if you have digital assets, what um, what are the um, the reflections from our real world interactions that we want to see in a digital good? Um, and what are the things that we can do kind of uniquely or um, even better? Um, so Josh, we've seen a lot of drama with CryptoPunks over the last couple of weeks and me and Chris always ask each other, you know, we've heard this question on and on on Twitter. Uh, do the bored apes pass to CryptoPunks in your opinion? I think if, if BAYC continues to invest in the project and, and deliver on some of this roadmap 2.0, um, and Larva Labs stays as behind the scenes as it, as it is, I, I think there's a really good shot that BAYC at some point flips CryptoPunks. Um, you know, I think there's there's no going around the fact that CryptoPunks have this historicity to them that BAYC never will. But I think what we're seeing right now with some of the people who are joining BAYC is like BAYC is kind of leading culture in a sense right now. Because yeah. um, you have some of these entertainment entertainers, some of these athletes, some of these really um, successful folks like wanting to be part of BOIC and wanting to do stuff with it. And that's going to add value. Um, you know, so is it a bet on right now, the kind of like leading culture or the kind of historic, you know, an iconic look of the crypto punk? Like, um, I know personally right now, like the commercial rights that I have with my, with my board ape are, um, are awesome. I've, you know, made a few thousand, um, with my ape just like licensing it and different piece of art or um you know different cases and i have a, a music drop coming up with um aloe black we're doing an nft with with a song that he um he wrote and recorded and so there's there's all sorts of fun ways that i like i can use my ape and um have a lot of control over it so that that's one area that i think like i know that some crypto punks owners and some other folks in the nft space have been calling for Kind of like a rethinking of the CryptoPunk IP, um, because right now it's it's a little ambiguous and, and very much tied up with Larva Labs, the original developers. And so, um, you, you know, like everybody has a different stance on it, depending on kind of what brought you into Web three and and you know your hopes for decentralization and um, you know uh, kind of open creativity. Um, but at least for now, I think apes have a lot of momentum. Love that answer. And that is a, a hot topic that Maz and I definitely talk about, you know, uh, is ape or are apes going to flip punks? And if so, when? So we appreciate your answer, Josh. Uh, we got a great question here from the chat from uh, JME uh, asking, what is your thoughts on derivatives such as apocalyptic apes? So I'm not familiar with apocalyptic apes. I don't know if you are, but what are your overall thoughts on derivatives, right? So obviously owning a board ape Sometimes you get first access to some of these, you know, derivative projects. Uh, what do you look at in whether or not you would mint or, you know, accept one of these derivatives uh, from the, uh, the ape community? Yeah, I mean, um, 
there were a lot of derivative projects that kind of were started by apes who are working in, you know, on their own apes. And I thought those are really cool initiatives from the community. Like a good example is the, um, the board ape kids club or ape kids club. And so, um, you know, an ape holder was like making these cute little baby apes. Um, and you could like buy a ticket and submit your ape. So I have a, you know, like a, like a baby Maui prime that I made and, uh, they eventually kind of created their own generative collection with new traits and, you know, but similar style. Um, and I think, I think really like when you look at a project it, you kind of have to get a sense for like good faith or bad faith. Um, and so some of it is just like, you know, how, um, how much are they like paying homage to the source material versus like, ripping it off right you know like i think if you just copy the metadata or you grab the traits like it, it's 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 lazy um and so when we think about derivative you know i i think there needs to be maybe some definition when we think about okay um owners of nfts who have the rights to their um their piece of work commissioning or working collaborating with a project to kind of make like just sold derivatives of that. I think that's a, a good example of like something that's like approved and, and pretty close to the tree. Um, and then I think for artists and projects that want to do something that kind of plays with the concepts, the ideas or some of the iconography, but takes the time to be creative enough to do their own thing and, and put their own spin on it. Like then, then great. I understand there's like, dozens of different types of ape projects now, some of which are, you know, connected back to the community and some of which are their own things on their own networks. Um, and I really think it just comes down to the team, kind of whether they're acting in good faith or not, and and the art kind of whether it it qualifies for, you know, fair use or not. But um, yeah, I mean, ultimately, like, let's see a really robust, um, industry grow with with people throwing stuff out there that you know they put some work into and then I let the market decide on on you know what's quality and and what speaks to them and and i think we'll see um we'll see things continue to shake out love it love that answer josh and uh jme thank you for the question in the chat that that was a good one right talking about derivatives uh, Josh, we, we want to thank you for your, your time today. So much great insight into NFTs, into the Bored Ape space. Um, also want to highlight this comment from the chat. So shout out to Declan. Declan saying, this is an awesome conversation. Josh should definitely be a regular on the show. So Josh, it looks like we <laughs> might have to bring you back in the future because they love you. Uh, so thanks again, Josh, for taking time out of your busy schedule and joining us on the roadmap. And we will talk to you soon. Thank you. Awesome. Well, Maz, I mean, that, that was some great insight into Board Ape Yacht Club, right? The community, uh, those events, uh, you know, is our apes going to flip punks? I mean, so many great comments and also the education, right? That's something we've tried to provide with this show. And, you know, hearing about managing discord right looking at teams of projects uh looking at different things with the derivatives i really like that portion of the interview too what did you think yeah you know my biggest insight here you know shout out josh you know a lot of great info there is you know you have to i'm realizing you know a lot of these guys minted these board apes you know these projects that have ran up a lot and if you realize they have a different understanding than most people that come into NFTs, they're not coming here to flip, right? So, you know, think of how many people flipped board apes. Think of how many people flip projects every day. If you understand a project, you look deep into it, you join the community, you know, you see the founders, you like the roadmap, um, you know, you've held it for what, six, six, seven months, you know, it was a mint of, you know, whatever. And now it's over 50 ETH, you know, you've really been able to make those gains but I think that's only possible if you understand it, if you go away from the monetary aspect a little bit. And that's kind of what I've gathered by talking to him is, you know, just kind of seeing his insight. It was awesome to see from, a, you know, someone that minted a board ape. That's that's great. So really love that. Yeah, I, I love that, too. You know, someone who minted a board ape, someone who minted punks comics, you know, not a ton of people can say, you know, that they were super early to these different projects. Uh, so. 
yeah. and that sell, right? I mean, you heard him say he had to add a second ape just because he found his forever ape. I also like his transparency talking about, you know, would he sell that ape down the road? Because, you know, the person that said that with their CryptoPunk, that no price, no multi-million dollar price tag would they sell. Um, so again, we appreciate Josh's time. If you enjoyed that interview, let us know in the comments. Leave a comment after this video airs. Hit Maz and I up on Twitter. Tell us, hey, I really like Josh being on. We want to see him back on here. Maz, before we go, let's dive into some news and headlines. It's Tuesday. So we, of course, talk about the top 10 NFTs by sales volume from the week before. Um, you know, I look at this list, Maz, and eight of the 10 last week were the same from the previous week. So not a ton of changes. Um, Axie Infinity led the way, but down 25%. CryptoPunks actually moved back up into second place with a 59% increase. Board Ape Yacht Club third. Eight Kids Club, the big leader, up 144% last week, followed by the Sandbox. Uh, Artifact Clone X, Crypto Bull Society, Art Blocks, Mutant Ape Yacht Club, and again, Maz, Desperate Ape Wives coming in 10th place. Uh, what do you think? Eight of the 10, the same we talked about last week. Big jump for punks and big jump for Ape Kids Club. And uh, Artifact and Crypto Bull Society, the two new projects on the list this week. Uh, what do you make of this? Yeah, you know, I mean, it's it, it's good to see volume in a lot of the same projects. So they've kind of stabilized there, which is great. Um, I think the big one, obviously, is Artifact, you know, with everything that happened. And I think we saw a lot of it. Was it just, you know, yeah, last week there was a there was some FUD. You know, you were on Twitter. People were kind of talking because they kind of did a Dutch auction. They priced it differently than normal projects. Um, so seeing that and just how much volume they've had, is it's 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 interesting. Definitely. Uh, we always like looking at that list. Uh, Maz, there was a new mint that I know you and I both participated in. You actually interviewed the team last week as well. Um, what can you tell our viewers and listeners about the lemons? Yeah, so Little Lemon Friends, you know, shout out to the team, um, is a project that we've kind of been keeping up with for months now. Um, you know, the, there's a couple of things that I like about them is number one, their community. You know, if you go on their community, you go on their discord, it's, it's, it's a nice refreshing take on, you know, NFTs. It's not just pump and dump, pump, pump, pump. Um, that's one thing, right. That caught my attention. Mint price is 0 0.025, you know, so that was really, really attractive price range, um, for me to not refuse. Yeah. And you see the floor is double now. It's a 10 K generative project. Uh, it's very similar to Cool Cats. And, you know, the founder, Sonorius, he has, he minted Cool Cats. He's been in the project and he's very cool with Klon, who is uh, the artist of Cool Cats. And he's in the Discord. So that was cool to see. Um, and yeah, you know, their roadmap is refreshing. It's not just like, you know, we're trying to pump, pump, pump. They make great profile pictures, as you see here, Chris. So, you know, this is one of those projects that I personally minted myself without thinking of flipping, right? This is one of those projects that I can go ahead and live with, you know, in my wallet for a while. I'm not looking at the price. I'm not looking at the floor. I'm just glad to, you know, yeah, these are the ones that I minted here. Um, I'm just glad to have some of them. You know, I will sell some of the ones that I don't like just aesthetically um, and trim some down, but I will keep the ones that I want. And I'm a believer in this project as far as the community and, you know, where they're going to go just because they're so refreshing. And it reminds me of cool cats, you know, and that's one thing, you know, I love my cool cat. So yeah, those are the cool ones there. And I know yeah, you minted a couple, the right? Cat, the, I wish I would have gotten one of these cats, Maz. Um, I, I, I love what you said, Maz, right? Community on this project has been awesome, but also the support from cool cats, right? And the artist, I think is a big deal. We saw him actually tweet last night that he found his forever lemon, um, and then we saw people really trying to snipe and get these lemons with the cats. So, yeah, I mean, Maz, you said it, a 0 0.025, uh, you know, mint price. Sign me up for something with a great community, uh, a great looking PFP and uh, a great project, uh, a low mint price. I mean, I, I love that. That, one that, that one's is sweet. Yeah. That, that one's not mine either. Just to clarify, that one is is Klein's, I believe. Yep. So, um, uh, yeah, so. Some of the ones that I got, Maz, you know, I got uh, a Robo one, right? So I was happy to get a Robo. 
Um, I think that's sweet. I got one with a devil trident um, that I like too. Uh, you know, there's some of them right there. So there's there mine, go. Maz. I didn't get the hoodie like you did. I love your hoodie. Shout out to that. But I like the the robot one there. I, I like the devil trident, the beard, the mustache. I mean, so many different cool traits, right? Even the top hat. I mean, that lemon is very plain, but he has that that nice looking top hat and probably says GM. Um, so, I, I mean, I really like this project. We, we saw sales really take off last night, too. I mean, at one point, the floor was like 0 0.08, 0 0.09. It has come down. I think it will come down and, and we'll start to see people, you know, sell and look for those traits. Uh, Maz, I know you probably don't want to give away too much, but any uh, any traits that you wish you owned or you were looking at in this project uh, that you maybe still aren't looking for and don't want to jack up the price here? No, I mean, I'm personally right now, I'm looking for, yeah, I like the, the heart-shaped glasses. They're the, the cats, obviously. But I think a lot of, and what I've seen in a lot of the chats is people are going based off aesthetics, not necessarily rarities, which I think is great. Um, I like the beanie ones, you know, just a clean beanie with the lemon logo and the hoodie with the lemon logo. So I, I'm personally a fan of those. I just think they look clean as profile pictures. Um, but yeah, I think I think a lot of these are just being, and we're seeing a lot of purchases that are away from floor price. So again, I think it's cool. And I've seen a lot of profile pictures on Twitter updated with this by a lot of the cool cats. So I think that's great. Um, but yeah, you know, these are pretty cool. I like the, the glasses myself personally. Yeah. I, I mean, so many cool traits. We were having a blast with this last night, right? Just yeah, so fun. Calling out different traits, right? Sharing pictures. I mean, I, the black and white lemon, I think, looks cool, too. Those are actually Those are pretty rare. rare. Yeah. Um, you know, so I saw that. We, we've got the different outfits. The, even the chef's hat, right? I don't even think that's rare, but I think it looks sweet. Um, you know, so many different things. So, uh, you know, I, I'll be looking at more today, Maz, because I just I, I, I'm in love with this project. Right. And I think these are very clean PFPs. I think they're similar to Cool Cats. Uh, I, you know, maybe I changed my Twitter PFP to a, to a lemon friend. Um, so I guess uh, follow me and you will find out soon. Oh, that one's sweet right there. Black and white all the way. Uh, Maz, I, I wrote an article today. We have another celebrity joining the NFT space, right? And we've seen celebrities, you know, launch their own projects. And the one I want to talk about today is we have Katy Perry partnering with Theta Network to launch a set of NFTs. But the, the big difference here and why I want to talk about it is utility, right? So the NFTs that she's launching are going to be tied to physical products. So you're going to get merchandise, backstage access, and meet and greets with Katy Perry. And the one of one actually includes the Golden Lion that Katy Perry rode during her Super Bowl performance back in 2015. Uh, Maz, what do you think of this? You know, we talk about celebrities, you know, just kind of launching these NFTs that are essentially just collectible items. Do you think it shows strength for Perry to launch, you know, having the utility and having the, the physical items tied to this too? Or, or is this just, you know, another celebrity, you know, just kind of entering the space to follow everyone else here? Yeah, I mean, I think I do like the fact that there's that utility there. Um, you know, it's very easy for Katy Perry to just make 10,000 pictures of something and sell it out. So I think it's a nice approach to, uh, you know, take. And I think what they're going for, personally, I think they're trying to find those super fans, right? You know, I'm sure there's X amount of Katy Perry fans that will pay the premium to have that utility online and in real life as well. So I think that's a better way to do it. It's kind of find the people that support you and offer them value but you also obviously you're monetizing it as well um, than just trying to cash grab as many people as possible. So I, I like that. I'm a fan of the approach. Yes. Yeah. I, I like that approach. I, I think it's needed by some of these celebrities, right? Like you said, other than just doing a, a 10,000, you know, PFP launch. Exactly. Exactly. All right. What do we got next here? Uh, Maz, you want to talk a little bit about Nike and artifact, right? We talked with Josh about it. Um, you saw this news yesterday. So Nike announcing they're acquiring Artifact. Were you, you know, surprised by this? You know, we've seen Nike enter the, the metaverse space, right? They're getting heavily involved with Roblox. Um, they have some patents for digital sneakers, but Artifact really kind of leading the way with digital sneakers. So what do you make of this deal? Um, and what do you think it means for the future of, you know, digital shoes, digital uh, apparel uh, going forward?
Yeah, I mean, I'll go on record and say that I'm not a fan, or I was not a fan of the art of this project, and there was a lot of fud around Artifact and how they kind of launched, and, you know, they decided to go Dutch auction, and they decided instead of doing, like, a fixed mint price, which only Artblacks has really done that successfully, um, so that was interesting to see, and then they had some issues there, and they went to two ETH launch price, and there was just a whole bunch of fud, and some of the art is not my favorite. If you look at the floors, the floors aren't that cool. You know, you look at the Murakami collabs, those are fire. But so I wasn't a big fan until, you know, obviously Nike bought them out. That's huge. Um, so I want to see what they do with this. You know, I, I definitely think this is one of those plays. Personally, if it gets low enough, I will probably buy, you know, just, you know, taking subjective emotions out of the way. I'm a big fan of Nike. I love Nike shoes. I'm a big fan of the Jordan. You saw he had a Jordan there. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out, right? So what the, what the exact benefits are. But um, I think, you know, they're at a point now where Nike does have the funds, the credibility and the outside, you know, team to really bring this to the next level. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I would not bet against Artifact now, you know, at this point. And yeah, so, we'll, yeah. <laughs> uh, Matt, so let me ask you this, you know, obviously, you know, someone who covers financial markets, a lot of these acquisitions can take months and months, right? So let's say Nike was talking to Artifact for, you know, two or three months, right, to get this deal finalized. Let's say they couldn't come to terms or they were maybe going to pass. Do you think the timing of this Adidas Board Ape partnership, how big of a role did that play into Nike maybe paying more than they wanted to or getting this deal done quicker than they wanted to? Do you think that's part of it or you think this deal just kind of went as planned? Um, definitely that's part of it, man. I mean, everyone talks behind the scenes and like, you know, Josh was telling us a couple of his friends that work for Adidas, they bought apes. I'm sure there's some people on Nike execs that have bought apes or cool cats or whatever. So, so people know, I just think it just came down to how they were going to do it. Um, yeah. And we'll see the different approaches versus Nike and Adidas. Right. So yeah, I think it's going to be fun to watch. See, seeing these guys, uh, fight for it. Definitely. Uh, Maz, I want to talk real quick. Uh, FTX, which is, you know, one of the big cryptocurrency platforms out there, they announced a partnership today to be the official crypto and NFT partner with the Golden State Warriors. So obviously we have, you know, NBA Top Shot that does player NFTs, but the Golden State Warriors are going to launch exclusive NFTs with FTX next year. Uh, FTX also you know, bought the naming rights uh, to the Miami Heat Arena, right? We also saw Crypto.com pay for the naming rights to Staples Center in California. We're seeing lots and lots of deals with sports teams. You know, is, is this a trend that we continue to keep seeing where these crypto and NFT companies, you know, pay for sponsorships with sports teams, with celebrities, with others? And, and is it a, is it, you know, a smart approach here? Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I think that's great to see. I think we're at the phase, Chris, where now we're gonna have to start introducing more and more people into uh, crypto, right? Um, you're still, we're still early. Mass adoption hasn't happened. And I think as people, you know, kind of get familiar with these names, you know, Crypto.com, FTX. Over time, we'll start seeing more people, you know, shift over to the crypto world, and uh, we'll get a nice, you know, increase in traffic in all uh, avenues of crypto. So, no, I think that's great. Yeah, I, I mean, Maz, great point. And I, I can't emphasize that enough, right? You, Josh even said it again. NBA Top Shot was one of the first Everybody, NFT yeah. projects that he really got into and really then went heavy into NFTs. So many people, I mean, myself included, NBA Top Shot was one of those real big gateways into NFTs. I think this is a great deal by FTX, right? You're, you're partnering with the Golden State Warriors. I mean, Josh just said it, right? Steph Curry. He, he could possibly break the record tonight, all-time three-point shots. They're a well-known franchise, well-known players, and now you're going to see that FTX logo all over their arena, all over their merchandise. I, I love it, and, and I think we're going to see just more and more people enter the NFT space via sports, right? Because it's similar to collecting sports cards, collecting, you know, sneakers, collecting memorabilia, right? NFTs can have that same kind of thing. So I really think that the sports market ties well with NFTs. And I mean, Maz, we could be in for, you know, this huge influx of new NFT buyers 
thanks to sports sponsorships and also thanks to the Coinbase uh, marketplace that we have coming hopefully later this year or early next year when Coinbase uh, happens, of course. Yep. No, exactly. That's what's up, Chris. I'm excited for that. So excited. Well, Maz, uh, anything else to add today? I know we went a little over on time, but this was a good one, a great interview and some great news. Uh, anything else that you're uh, looking at or you saw in the news here? No, I mean, you know, that's the thing you never know. We'll be back tomorrow and there's going to be something that happened that we don't know yet. So, so definitely that's, that's, that's a great point, Maz. Uh, you heard him say it. We will be back tomorrow, 2 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, we'll be back covering news headlines and providing education. I saw some new faces in the chat today, uh, Maz. You know, we, we see a lot of the same loyal viewers. Shout out to our loyal viewers and listeners. Saw some new faces, though. So uh, shout out to anyone if this was your first episode of The Roadmap. We air Tuesday, Wednesdays, Thursdays, 2 p.m. Eastern time. Maz also has another show called Looks Rare that airs right here on Benzinga YouTube, Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern time. So Benzinga is quickly becoming the space for NFT interviews and coverage. So make sure you like and subscribe to the channel.